Hello and welcome to The Mental Yogi, your place for meditation, yoga-inspired thoughts and observations, as well as the occasional bit of asana. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. I want to talk to you today about the purpose of meditation. And I don't mean goals, I don't mean enlightenment, I don't mean anything outside the realm of really what you might understand day to day. There's all these ideas about becoming enlightened and experiencing samadhi and being completely empty-minded, whatever that means to you. You know, they come with connotations and ideas about them. They come with definitions that are different based on the person. You know, my idea of enlightenment might be different than yours. So what I want to do is offer you a different purpose for meditating. Meditating with a purpose is dangerous because then we lose sight of the meditation itself. It's like looking to the future when you're not, when you're acting for the future, acting to get that fruit of the future, acting to acquire whatever it is could come from your actions now. But you, when you're acting for the future, you lose sight of your actions now, and your actions now are actually what you're experiencing. So if you're not experiencing, if you're not with your actions now, if you're not living with the life that is right in front of you, then you're going to be missing out on a lot of life. So this idea of doing something for the goal you know, the, the saying, um, the, the ends justify the means. That is absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. It's a waste of your fucking time. Do not go after some, a life like that. You can if you want to, but you're going to miss out on your entire life. Or you're going to be acting not in congruence with your actual self. And so the purpose of meditation that I want to offer to you, that I want to share with you as an idea... And also as a practice is to discover your actual self. Now, I don't mean this higher being that's living outside of the realm of reality and seeing through our eyes. No, no. Your actual self is you without all of the influence and all of the factors that are driving your decisions. So as it stands now, you are influenced by your thoughts. Your thoughts speak, and you emotionally react to those, and then you act on those thoughts or on that emotional reaction. For instance, this is, um, I feel, very potent for our culture nowadays, sex. Being sexually aroused is very hard to disidentify from, to see as something that is not actually you. And so that's what we're doing in meditation. We're taking ourselves out of the current identification with the things that we're experiencing. And right now, we experience something and we identify with that thing. It is us. I am sad. I am happy. But really, that's just an emotion. Sad and happy are feelings that are resonating within you. The feeling of whatever emotion it is, it's literally a, a physical sensation. 
when you, and I, I've talked about this in my other episodes, um, like the episode of cultivating love, you know, this is a physical sensation that you feel in your body. So in meditation, really, this is as simple as meditation needs to be. You sit and you feel your body. You sit and you feel your body. You feel your body, your whole body, all of the internal space of your body. The more that you can feel your internal space of your body, the more you will be able to, with practice, detach from identifying identifying with those sensations in the body and just seeing them. Really, you're a witness. You're a witness to all the things that are happening within and without. It can, we can uh, classify, categorize the things that are within as the things that are experienced internally. What is, what is the internal space? The internal space is, you know, you close your eyes and you can feel where your hands are in space, where your feet are in space, where your knees, where your hips, where your whole legs, where your whole arms, where all of the parts of your body are in space. This is proprioception. This is one of our senses, technically. I wouldn't say it's like our sixth sense or seventh. It's just a sense that we have. And it's kind of similar. It's, it's related to the touch sensation. We have nerves that run through our entire body, so we should be able to feel where those nerves go. Our nerves are what cause the feeling in our fingertips when we're touching things. So when we're not touching things, those nerves are still active and they're still firing. There are all these movements that are happen happening in the body that are controlled by the nervous system. <clears throat> so that being said, you should be able to feel all of your body. There is potential. You may not be able to because you just haven't practiced. And the more that you sit and you practice or you lay and you practice this feeling of the body, the more you're able to develop that feeling of the body. And so when we're sitting in meditation, we sit and we relax and we allow the body to become comfortable. It's easier to see the internal body, the internal space, the um, interior, when the body is still and relaxed. And then you observe anything that's happening in there, whether it's a physical sensation, you look at it and you say, that's not me. You um, wait for a thought to arise and you look at that thought and you say, that's not me. You don't think that's not me. Just recognize that that's not you. You don't need to say anything. Just look at it as though it's not you. And this practice of observing without being the thing that you're observing, observing and letting that thing just do whatever it is, like if you become aroused from something that's happening in your life, <clears throat> instead of going and masturbating or having sex, you could just sit and look at that feeling of arousal or look at that feeling of sadness. Instead of weeping, you just feel that pain in your heart and experience it fully by observing it. And so this is all that we're doing in meditation. All that we need to be doing in meditation is cultivating this feeling and this ability to observe the internal space and see all the things that are within it. And as soon as we start to disidentify with the things that are within our internal space, 
we begin to realize who we actually are and what we actually are, and we're able to actually come back to ourselves when we're making a choice or when we're feeling something. And who you actually are is yourself, of course, but without the emotions, without the thoughts, without the feelings, without the sensations, without the body, without the mind. And no, I'm not saying you're like this floating entity that's just seeing and nothing else. That's just experiencing and nothing else. No, 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 no. You are the body. You are the mind. You are all these feelings and emotions. However, as soon as you can pull your awareness into the space and just be aware of the space of you, then all of these things that are occurring inside you don't affect you. They don't need to affect you until you let them. You can choose. Once you're able to detach and come back to that internal space and observe that internal space as clear and vast and see all the things that are coming in and going out of that internal space, coming into the internal space, arising, being experienced in that internal space, but all the while there's this background of stillness and silence and emptiness, a vastness inside of you. And that is what we're growing accustomed to resting in, in meditation. That is my goal with all of the meditations that I offer to you, is to get you to a point where you're just feeling that vast space. And this is why I don't follow any specific preordained um, ways of meditating, ways of teaching meditation. This is why I don't honestly like um, meditations that have been passed down almost because I'm not trying to give you something from this lineage. Granted, my teaching is very influenced by different lineages. But that's not what's important. We're not here to hypothesize. We're not here to do science, really. A lot of yoga is actually science. You know, the scientific method is you have a hypothesis, you try it out, you test it, and you get your results, and then you find a way to repeat that test so that the results are um, the same. You can repeat the tests over and over and still get the same results. This is really the basis of science, and this is what we do in yoga with asana, with meditation, with concentration, with pranayama. All of these different things are laid out and they have been laid out and handed down very dogmatically from teacher to student, student to student, teacher to teacher, whatever, through the ages. <clears throat> and a lot of times they don't change. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's no problem with that. But you don't need to have all of that to get the results. And the results being, this is the one, it's the one end that 
I want you to aim for. I, I know I said earlier the ends, the means, uh, the, the ends do not justify the means, and we don't want to go after that kind of um, idea. But this idea of being able to come back to our true self and act based on what we really want, who we really are, is very powerful, and that is a good goal to shoot for. Now, that's all I wanted to say, and contradict myself a little bit. I hope you mind, or don't mind, either, you know, up to you. You're your own boss. Anyway, that's all. Thank you for listening. Short for today. Quick, just getting these thoughts out. Have a nice day.